Arizona straight to the line. There's the snap to Murray. Murray looks left, pumps once, looking, looking. A lot of time. Now he throws, and it's intercepted by the Lions. Picked off down the left sideline. Oromorier picks up a block at the 30, 25, 20, Amani 10, 5, and he's spun out of bounds right there. I see you, 24. I see you. Welcome to another edition of the 20 Men in the Huddle podcast. And if you guys have been following along, I've had a ton of guests. We've talked to some coaches. We've talked to some NFL people. We've gotten some players on. And look, it's, a, it's an exciting time, and I'm going to do something a little bit different this week. I'm going to go solo here, and, and we're going to give an introduction to training camp. We are exactly one week away from the start of training camp, and I also have to warn you guys, I'm dealing with a little bit of a cold here. I'm getting over it, so I'm going to try to power through this, but uh, we, should, we, should, we should be good. And look, it's exciting, right? Training camp is here, which means football is here. And so today, I think what I want to talk about is five position groups and or um, position battles that you know, I'm really going to have an eye on that first week um, of the season. And, and I think, you know, let's just start with the linebacker position because I think there's probably a lot of question marks and, and you guys and gals would probably agree that, you know, that's one position group where, you know, there's a little bit of, of, of some unknown there. Now, obviously you have, you know, the veteran Alex Anzalone coming back. Um, you know, he was, you know, a, a guy who was a starter last year, you know, played pretty well. Just kind of one of those solid guys um, that isn't going to make a ton of mistakes. Um, though, you know, one of the things he does need to clean up is, is some of the missed tackles that we saw from last year. But overall, he's just kind of one of those solid guys. And then obviously bring back Derek Barnes. And I think when you're talking about Derek Barnes and, and going into his, his second year, we talk all the time about, you know, what's the biggest jump guys make in their football careers? Typically, it's from that first to second season, right? I mean, now um, you're, you're kind of stable in in what you need to do. You now have an offseason where you can work on perfecting your game. You're not training to run 40s and verticals and all this other stuff. And so, that's why we typically see um, that big jump from year one to year two. And I think the Lions are expecting that with Derek Barnes. And I think the encouraging thing for you guys, you know, when you come out to camp or, or when you see him play early on is that um, when you looked at the totality of his rookie season last year, he got better the second half of the year. He got better as the season went on. And so I think when we talk about rookies, that's the encouraging thing, right? Is a guy making the same mistakes week two, week three? Um, and then making them, you know, week 12, 13, 14. And, and I think that's the encouraging thing with Derek is that he wasn't making the same mistakes at the end of the year that he was at the beginning. He got better. And so, um, you know, I think he's going to benefit a little bit from this change in scheme in front of him. You know, the Lions are going um, to an even 4-3 front, an attacking um, front, whereas last year they were a 3-4 read and react. And you know, there's a little bit more pressure on the linebackers in that kind of scheme, and in, in that read and react. You know, you've got to play off the offensive lineman. It, it it's it's more of a read and not an explosion and hit the hole and get into the backfield. And I think you know, Barnes's skill set I think is a little bit better suited for that four three. And so you know that'll be an interesting one. So you know, obviously you've got the incumbents with Anzalone and Barnes coming back but you know I think there's going to be a lot of names in the mix not just for those starting spots but for key roles as well and I think two names that I don't want you guys to sleep on is Chris Board um, veteran free agent signed from Baltimore he was 
you know, their third down specialist as a linebacker, really great coverage guy, core special teams guy. And I love special teams guys and, and what that translates to the linebacker's position, especially when you talk about third down and playing in space, which, look, you guys know, this game is so much about um, sub packages and you're in the nickel defense 70% of the time and you've got to have linebackers that can cover, that that can um, battle these dynamic um tight ends these dynamic running backs that have become you know really matchup weapons in the NFL and I think Chris Board is a guy that I think can do that for the Lions and I think because of that because of that skill set he might be their best cover linebacker I think you might see him playing more on defense and guys don't be surprised at all that first week of camp if you see him playing with that first team defense I, I thought he was that good in the spring and it's a name that a lot of Lions fans aren't talking about, but it's, you know, one that I think, you know, we're going to see early on and, and we could see a lot of him. And another one I want is Sean Dion Hamilton. And, you know, Sean Dion Hamilton, a veteran guy who was injured last year in camp, spent all last year on IR. But I'll tell you guys, he was going to make the 53-man initial roster if not for that injury. And so, you know, the Lions obviously love his skill set as well. He's pretty versatile. So, you know, everybody talks about, you know, Anzalone and Barnes and and Jared Davis coming in, and and those are talked about a lot. But Chris Board and Sean Dion Hamilton, um, two guys that I think – um, you know, could really put themselves in a position to be an important part of that linebacker battle, at least early on in camp. You know, guys like Anthony Pittman, you know, Woods, I think those guys will be in the mix too. I think more, of course, special teams guys, but they show that they can translate and play defense as well. So, you know, I think out of all the position groups, that one to me is is the most unsettled heading into training camp. Um, you know, I think guys are really going to get an opportunity to compete. And, and look, when I talked with Calvin Shefford, the linebackers coach, he loved that about that room. Uh, guys know, look, there's no $50 million quarterback here. You know, there's no first-round draft pick that, that's going to be put in. And, and, you know, maybe he's, you know, going to take his lumps, pay his dues a little bit, but you're going to get him in there because of what you spent to get him. There isn't that guy in this linebacker room. It's going to be the best guy. That, you know, and the guys that make the most plays early in camp. And so I think that's going to be a really, really interesting position to watch. It's one that I'll have my eye on early on, early and often. It'll be part of, you know, camp observations, which you guys know I do every day. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll probably put something um, in the along the, the, the linebacker um you know, position in that every day, just because I think it's so important, obviously, for this defense's success, for that group to be better too. They just need more production for that from that group, um, and 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 they can get it. And and one thing that I think will be interesting to watch with the linebacker position as well is is Julian Acquire and Austin Bryant. Now those guys, um, obviously, we know them as pass rushers, but this spring they were part of the linebacker room. They're kind of splitting their time. Julian was playing in space and, and playing an outside linebacker role. And I think the benefit with, with him playing that kind of spot is, one, he's athletic enough to do it, but two, is you can now move him around and you can use him as a matchup weapon. The same thing with Austin Bryant, who came on strong last year too. So, you know, not only will you have the guys we talked about at the top, but, but, but kind of hybrid guys like a Julian Aquara, like an Austin Bryant, who can spend some time in the defensive room, spend some time in the linebacker room. Those guys could be in the mix for, for you know, that Sam spot or Will spot too, which will be interesting as well. So there's just a ton of stuff going on with the linebacker position, very unsettled, and that's one position I'll definitely have an eye on very early in camp. And I think we'll just transition right over to, I think, an area where um, it went from a position of 
kind of question mark, uh, maybe needing depth, needing more talent to um, really adding that kind of top end talent and depth. And now it, it's a position group where you look at it and you're like, wow, Detroit might really have something there. And that's, and that's a wide receiver. I mean, you talk about DJ Chark coming in and um, he was obviously a big free agent signing. He's a thousand yard receiver, six foot four, four, three guy, one of the best 50, 50 um, pass catchers in the league. And when you looked at this Lions offense from last year, they needed a guy that could be on the outside. They needed that X guy, right, that could play outside the numbers, that can make plays down the field, that could dictate coverage. And in the red zone, it was particularly lacking where the Lions were, were one of the fewer – excuse me, the Lions – through to an outside receiver, some of the fewest in the NFL last year among all 32 teams. That just wasn't part of their repertoire in the red zone. And you saw some of the red zone, red zone numbers, um, you know, lag because of that, because they didn't have that threat. It just got too congested in the middle because there wasn't that threat on the outside. And I think DJ Chark provides that. And then obviously, you know, Brad Holmes makes a huge move, goes from 32 to 12 to get Jamison Williams, who I would argue would have been the first receiver off the board if not for the ACL injury he suffered, um, you know, in, in Alabama's championship game. And so um, to me, those are two really big additions. I mean, those are two guys that can be on the outside. They can be that X, you know, especially when we talk about Williams, who's probably a 4-2 guy when he's healthy. Um you know, a guy that can dictate coverage. Teams are going to have to put a safety over the top. And, and you know, one thing I think we should talk about with Williams real quick, too, and, and one thing I should explain is, you know, he might start camp on the pup. You know, head coach uh, Dan Campbell was didn't seem very optimistic that he'd be able to go for the start of camp. And so what you do is you put him on the physically unable to perform list and um, just – if you guys don't know how that works, um, essentially, and the rules have changed almost in favor of of Williams in Detroit and, and any other um, you know team that's going to start some guys on pup. Is it used to be if you were on the pup list and you did not come off the pup list in training camp, you started the season on pup list, you had to miss the first six games. Well, then you have to come back and practice, and you know usually it was probably about half the season you were out. Well, those rules have changed now too. That's four games. Um, so if Williams does start the season on PUP, he's got to stay on that list for four weeks, four games, and essentially he could be ready. Um, you know that that fifth game if De- if Detroit wants to get him back on the practice field and thinks he's ready to go now you know I think there'll be some practice time associated with that um and the bye week is week six so you know kind of keep that in mind too that could be a target date for him and who knows you know maybe you know he has talked about being ahead of schedule and wanting to be back for camp but you know something tells me the Lions are going to take it a little bit slow with him I think they should take it a little bit slow with him um and I wouldn't be surprised at all if if if, if he's on the PUP list and you know that, that kind of affects what's going to happen you know down the roster a little bit too and you know I think the interesting part about that receiver room is obviously you've got Chark you've got Williams um you've got Josh Reynolds um who was a guy that came on the second half of last year and, and really gave them something I think that familiarity with Jared Goff was was really important um for that room and and you know, for Jared as well and you saw his numbers once um, you know Reynolds arrived really uh, tick up, and and obviously you've got Amon Ross St. Brown, who I think is going to be kind of uh, one of those go-to guys, um, you know, one of those security blanket type guys for Jared Goff. You know, I think 
um, you saw what he did to end last year with the, with the six games with at least eight catches and, you know, the rookie of the, of the month in December and, and just was really dynamic. And like we talked about with Barnes, you just expect him to be even better in year two now with an off season. And he had a terrific spring and, and him and Jared were really on the same page. And so you've got those five. I think the interesting part here is now, what are you talking about with six and seven spots? I mean, and to me, you should be excited if you're a Lions fan and, and you sit down and you look at this roster and you start to see Quintez Cephas is possibly your sixth guy. I mean, here's a guy last year that was off to a terrific start. You know, if he doesn't hurt his collarbone week five, he's a guy that averages over 15 yards per reception for his career. And I would argue he's probably Detroit's, you know, best all-around guy. And, and by that, it means a run after the catch. He's physical. He can get downfield. Um, you know, he can kind of do a little bit of everything. And now we're talking about, you know, him possibly being our sixth guy. And, and another name to bring up, too, is Trinity Benson. Um, you know, obviously the Lions traded uh, for him, you know, right before the season last year. Admittedly put too much on his plate. And, you know, he was thinking too much. He wasn't playing fast. And, and that speed element is just a part of his game. And I think one of the encouraging things in the spring is we saw him playing much faster. Um, he's got the playbook down now with a year, you know, under his belt, and I think it's going to be a terrific battle there between Quintez Cephas, excuse me, and Trinity Benson, um, you know, to really, you know, who's that sixth guy? You know, if the Lions started to keep five, but they start Jameson Williams on pup, you know, who's that number five guy? Is it Quintez Cephas? Um, is it Trinity Benson? Can a guy, you know, like you know, Cole Pimpleton, you know, put his name in the mix, you know, an undrafted guy out of CMU who, who made a few plays in the spring. So when you look about this, when you look at this receiver position to me, where it was last year, um, even heading into camp to where it is right now, I mean, night and day. I mean, Brad Holmes did a terrific job of, of really transforming that position group. And um, it, it's going to be really interesting to me, um, you know, how that plays out. And it, it's really going to come down to, to, to practice in the preseason. But it'll be a fun one to watch kind of where the bottom of that wide receiver position kind of fits in. I think it'll be really interesting. And I'll have my eye on that one. And then that shifts to obviously the guys who are going to be getting those guys the footballs, and that's the quarterback position. Um, you've got to feel pretty good if you're the Lions about where Jared Goff is, at least where he finished last year. Um, once Ben Johnson took over um, as pass game coordinator and um, head coach Dan Campbell um, took over play calling, I mean, Jared Goff was 3-2-1 in his final six games with 11 touchdowns, two interceptions, and a passer rating of over 100. And, you know, now Johnson transitions to the offensive coordinator role. He brought in Jared this offseason. They went and looked at film and said, hey, what, you know, what are the things you did really well when you were having those Pro Bowl seasons in, in L.A., when you were taking the Rams to the Super Bowl? You know, what were some of the things that, that you guys really excelled at as an offense? And they built some of those things into this offense. And, you know, Jared's really taken ownership of it. And, and I think that's huge for him. And I think you've got to be – you know, pretty excited about, you know, where he's at. Um, he's very motivated. Obviously, he knows it's a big year. You guys know it's a big year. Everybody knows it's a big year for Jared Goff. Um, he's going to have, you know, a top three offensive line if those guys can stay healthy. DeAndre Swift is at this emerging running back. He's got a pro bowler at tight end in TJ Hawkinson. We just talked about the wide receivers. Um, it's time, right? I mean, he's got all the pieces around him now to succeed in an offense that he helped create. And so, 
um, he knows that that this is a big year. If he's going to be the Detroit Lions starting quarterback of the future, if he's going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL in the future, this is a huge year for him. And I think where it'll get interesting, though, is what happens behind Jared. I think that's the one that you really look at in training camp and you're interested in is, is it Tim Boyle or is it um, David Blau? And look, the Lions didn't go sign a, a veteran quarterback this offseason. They didn't go sign uh, or they didn't draft a, a young rookie guy to develop. Um, they have a ton of confidence in, in Tim Boyle and David Blau. And, you know, a little bit interesting to me because obviously you look at Tim Boyle last year, got an opportunity to start three games, uh, was 0-3, three touchdowns, um, six interceptions. And I, th- I think one of the things that, that I, I concerned me a little bit, I should say, w- when it came to Tim Boyle was just how much um, – they kind of limited that offense. They limited that playbook with him. And, and now look, he got hurt in training camp, uh, injured his thumb, and was on IR and wasn't back at practice very long before he was asked to step in um, and, and, and play. I think it was in Cleveland, his first one. And, um, you know, that's a tough spot. It's a tough situation to be in, um, not having a lot of practice time coming from injury. And you've never started before, right? He was a career backup in Green Bay. Um, but I was a little bit disappointed that that you know he wasn't able to to push the ball down the field at least early on, and I know it was bad conditions in in, in Cleveland, and like I said, you know he hadn't practiced very long, but you've got to have confidence to me that your backup can step in, your offense doesn't change. Maybe little things here and there, but that offense that first week with Tim Boyle was nothing like what we saw with Jared Goff. That's a big difference. Now, I think it got a little bit better um, as Tim Boyle moved on and started some more games, but I think to me that's one of the things I'm going to be watching in camp is can Tim Boyle, when he steps in, when that second-team offense steps in, does the offense change? Is it still look the same as when Jared's in there attacking down the field, which we expect the Lions to do a lot more of, you know, play action and, and, you know, being aggressive. Um, and, and I think that'll be an interesting one for me is, does it look different at all? And if it does, I think that's a little bit concerning. Then we talk about David Blau. He obviously got his chance to um, start in 2019 when Matthew Stafford dealt with um, injuries. And look, he's a Texas gunslinger, right? You you look at David Blau and you'd probably never guess that that he's an NFL quarterback if you didn't know. Um, But he's got amazing arm talent. And look, he's not afraid to throw the ball anywhere. It it gets him in trouble, you know, here and there. In those five games he started in 2019, he had four touchdowns, six interceptions. um, And, you know, Lions were on five. So, but... I talked to Mark Brunell, the quarterback's coach, this offseason, and, and he said, look, we, we've got a ton of confidence in this guys. We think that's a, in these guys. We think that is a great room. And, look, if David has to step in, if Tim has to step in, we have all the confidence in the world um, that, you know, they've now been in this system a year, um, and, and the system's changing, evolving a little bit. But those two guys have been there every step of the way, along with Jared. And so um, the Lions are confident, despite the 0-8 combined starting record between between Tim Boyle and David Blau, you know, the Lions think if they have to step in and play that they can do it. And so to me, it'll be really interesting. David Blau took second team reps, um, split them with, with, with Boyle in the spring in OTAs and mini camps. And, and so to me, um, that tells me that that competition is pretty tight. And that's really just going to come down to, 
you know, I think some of those key practice situations, um, you, you know, that, that Dan Campbell loves to put these guys in, um, you know, put them in the hole. Can they lead these guys down the field, get a score? Those situations are going to be key. And then obviously the preseason games. Um, and, and the joint practices, I think, are going to be a key element to this too. Didn't have them last year. Uh, obviously with, with Dan Campbell being new and just the list of things he had to take care of was so long that that was maybe 174 on the list. And, you know, once he got to it it was just a little bit too late so I think that'll be key going to Indy um and and especially for those guys you know the whole roster but especially for Boyle and Blau um you know they're not gonna you know you know know the defensive personnel they're throwing at they're not going to be familiar with the defense that's going to be an opportunity um you know for a real good look for this coaching staff and Brunel and um you know offensive corner Ben Johnson and, and for Campbell to really assess these two guys and and I think that'll go a long way in deciding who is um you know the number two quarterback but that's an interesting one I mean those guys got to play well in in camp and in preseason that offense can't look different and and that's what you need from a backup quarterback they've got to be able to step in and steal a win for you you obviously hope Jared Goff plays 17 games and you know we don't worry about this but um if they've got to step in do Lions fans have confidence that Tim Boyle David Block can win them a game I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see this preseason, um, you know, how those two play and, and who kind of, you know, separates themselves and, and, you know, kind of what that means for Detroit if and when they have to play. Um, so we've covered linebacker. We've covered the wide receiver position. We've covered quarterback, the backup quarterback job. You know, I think another interesting one for me is going to be that cornerback spot. You know, you look at last year, Amani Oriwarie, I think, kind of ascended into that number one caliber type role. Obviously, you saw the ball skills with the six interceptions, but you looked at a, opponent's completion percentage against him, quarterback rating against him. Those were all among the tops in the league. And He's got size. He's got a ton of confidence right now. And I think he's kind of a number one caliber type guy. Um, And so the big question mark is what's happening on the other side? And obviously, Jeff Okuda is going to be the storyline to start camp because I do think he is going to start camp on the roster. Now, there could be a pup there, but um, from all the videos that he's been producing, plus you saw him do the walkthrough portions of the practice, um, working on the side and things like that, he looks ready to go. And from all the talk of the coaches, it seemed like they think he's going to be ready to go, you know, week one at camp. And, and I think that first practice, we're going to see Amani Ariwari on one side and we're going to see Jeff Okuda on the other side. Look, he's former number three overall pick. You're not the number three overall pick um, for no reason. He's got size. He's got the skill set. He's got speed, strength, everything. Um, it's just been injuries, right? He's played in 10 games his first two seasons in the league. And so if he can stay healthy, look, this is a kid who's hungry. I can tell you that much. I mean, he hears the talk, right? I mean, is he a bust? Is he this? Um, you know, who else could the Lions have taken at three that would have been better? Whatever it is, he he hears it. And, and look, no one's more angry and upset about 10 games his first two years than Jeff Okuda is. And so I, I, I just have this sneaky feeling, guys, we're going to see something from, from Jeff pretty early on here. Um, he is definitely very, very hungry to prove that, that, you know, he can stay healthy and that he can be an elite type corner. And, and look, if he lives up to that, to that, and you've got Amani on the other side and how he's developed, I think that can be a really good, you know, one, two tandem on the outside. Um, to me, where my eye is going to go at least early on in camp is, is what happens in the nickel. You know, I talked off the top about all the sub packages on defense and how this has become a matchup league. Right. And, 
you know, teams are in their nickel package over 70% of the time nowadays. So, so that nickel guy is essentially a starter in my book. And look, you return AJ Parker, the undrafted guy last year, earned that um, job week one and, and, you know, played pretty well. Like we talked about with Derek too, a guy who got better as the season went on. I thought that was AJ. And I think it's going to be a terrific competition between him. And now you brought in a, a veteran guy like, like Mike Hughes. Now Mike played mostly outside for the Kansas City Chiefs, but when last year but when he was in Minnesota you know he played a lot more of that nickel spot and so you know I think he's a guy that we saw in the spring playing in the nickel he had a terrific interception against Boyle that he returned for a pick six in OTAs and look he's a veteran guy he's physical he's got kind of that knack for inside I think if there's one maybe knock on AJ is the size even though he definitely showed last year that he can come up and stick somebody um, you know he did get injured did miss some games um, and I think that's going to be an interesting battle there with with him and and Mike Hughes and then to me Chase Lucas right a guy that the Lions drafted um, this year too played a lot in the slot in the spring Uh, a guy that's got a ton of experience started a lot of games in college um, played both inside and outside so has experience at both I think you know those three guys in particular I think it's going to be really interesting maybe who kind of um, you know separates themselves into that starting nickel spot that's you know something I think we should really um, you know focus in on look at when camp starts I think that's going to be a really important position battle just because of like I talked about just the value of that position is so huge in the NFL nowadays so I think that slot spot's going to be interesting how you know Jeff Okuda um, you know plays looks develops early on in camp and then I think it'll be interesting too when when Jerry Jacobs is is ready to return. Now here's a guy like AJ Parker was undrafted, earned a spot on this roster, and look, just kept showing out in practice. Finally got his opportunity to play, and he played really well. I mean, he is, um, you know, he's a bulldog in a pit bull. I think was what the coaches referred to him as. Um, look, he's a physical guy. He likes to get his hands, you know, on receivers. He doesn't mind coming up and being physical in the run game. Um, now, unfortunately, tore his ACL in December, and so like we talked about with Williams, you know, that could be a, a start of camp on pup, and then we'll just have to see where that goes. Can he get back before the start of the season? Is he a guy that starts season on pup? But at some point. Jerry Jacobs is going to be back. And I can tell you this, any coach I've talked about, special teams coaches, um, you know, Aubrey Pleasant, defensive backs coach, Aaron Glenn loves Jerry Jacobs. They just love the way the guy approaches the game, approaches every day here, his attitude. He's the kind of guy that they just like on this roster. And so now you've got Jeff Okuda, you've got Imani Oriwarie, you've got Jerry Jacobs. So where does this all kind of fit in there? And I think that'll be really interesting to watch through camp and and see how that plays out. Look, it's a good problem to have, right? You know, if you can't get a guy like Jerry Jacobs, you know, on the field, except for some situations, then, you know, that means you've built some depth to your football team. And, you know, could the Lions decide maybe to move him inside because they like him so much if Jeff and Amani are playing really well? So, you know, I think there's a lot of moving parts there at the cornerback spot. And, and, you know, I think you've got to talk about Will Harris and – if, if Atu Melifanmu, when we're talking about cornerback spot too, 
you know, Fatu, I thought played really well, had his best game at the end of the year after he came back from that, um, you know, thigh injury. It was, it was a tough injury. He got his opportunity to start in Green Bay because of injury, and then boom, he's down for, you know, misses, you know, more than half the year. Um, and then Will Harris, you know, started at safety, was moved to cornerback just out of necessity because of all the injuries the Lions suffered at the cornerback spot last year and you know played pretty well at that spot and he was exclusively a cornerback this offseason so you know I think that's going to be kind of a, a position switch for Will Harris you know there could be some situations where they use him as a matchup piece and maybe he plays the dime or, or he becomes a third safety in some looks but um, he was really running you know at, almost exclusively as a cornerback in the spring. So we'll have to see if that is the case when we start training camp. And then Afatu is, you know, six foot three. They love his size. And he's a guy that switched from cornerback to safety really all camp. Um, they really view him as a matchup piece, um, like we talked about with Harris. He's a guy that could maybe step in, play some dime stuff play inside in some certain situations match up against tight ends now they really want to have the freedom to move him around so they they moved him from the cornerback room to the safety room and vice versa really all spring they want him to learn you know both spots and that'll be an interesting one too if you get a big receiver you know just if you come in and play a little bit more so you know that'll be to me an interesting you know dynamic they're kind of where do those two guys fit in in the greater mix of the cornerback position um but overall, I think that's a, that's a spot, you know, obviously the Lions have to get, you know, better play from the cornerback position. Got it from Amani. Got that ball production with the six picks. But they need somebody else to step up on the other side. You can avoid one guy, right? Um, you really got to have two, three guys, four guys that can be productive. You look at the really productive secondaries, they get ball production and good play from the cornerback position. And that's just a reality. And the Lions need that if they're going to take that next step forward on defense. And you know, another position group I don't think has been talked about a lot, but it's one that's obviously important, and I think will be an interesting battle. We got to flip the page here for the for the for the notes. Is the kicker position? Um, look, the Lions kind of went through some you know kind of issues there at, at 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 the end of camp, not really happy with what they had, still kind of trying to figure it out as they went into the year. You know, they bring in Austin Sieber and, you know, he was really good for them. Ten of twelve kicking field goals, five of five extra points, but then he gets hurt um and um injures a hip, has to end up on IR. So the team goes and um signs Riley Patterson off the New England practice squad. And all Riley does is come in and make thirteen of fourteen field goals, make all sixteen of his extra point attempts, um, and really stabilize that position, you know, for Detroit, you know, heading through the rest of the year. And so look, Austin's back now. You've got Riley. Both guys uh, when given the opportunity to play, perform pretty well. And so I think that'll be an interesting battle as camp goes on. And just one side note to that, when I was watching those guys in the spring, a little bit disappointed with the number of misses. Now, now look, they could have been working on things that we don't know about. It's spring. Guys are running around in helmets and shorts. You know, we're not going to make a huge deal of it. Um, but there are quite a few missed field goals between both guys. So I think just for me, I... I'd like to see that stuff shored up a little bit. Um, you know, both guys are going to get, I think, an equal opportunity to win the job. And look, you guys know, we all know how important that position is. It, it make or break the end of a game. You just go back to that Baltimore game, and when you've got a guy like Tucker that can do what he did, that wins you a game, right? Now, neither of those guys are going to kick a 66-yard field, I don't think, but you want those guys to be consistent. That when, you know, Dave Phipp calls upon those guys, end-of-the-game situation, right, that, you know, 
you've got confidence like we saw last year those guys can make kicks and so to me that'll be an interesting one kind of who separates themselves how much will kickoffs maybe play into that will Jack Fox be involved in that or not will that be a deciding factor but really it's just going to come down to practice kicks and preseason kicks and and you know best guy wins and that's going to be an important position for Detroit obviously it is with you know the other 31 teams as well um so you know another position group I'll be watching so you know look backup quarterback spot what are they going to do at linebacker the cornerback position um kicker um and you know that wide receiver room and how that plays out maybe you know the the fifth sixth seventh spot what happens with Williams I think those will all be really interesting things um that I'll have my eye on and and I'll obviously be you know keeping you guys uh, abreast of what's going on every day I'll have daily observations um you know, we're one week away and, and how fun, right? Fans are going to be back in Allen Park. The atmosphere is great. This team is much more improved, um, specifically offensively. I think this team could be fun to watch, guys. Um, I think it'll it'll be uh, it'll it'll be really interesting to start this team. You, you saw, um, you know, Peter King and what he wrote and, you know, thinking that, you know, maybe he thinks this might be a little bit better football team than, than you know people think going in and so you know there's a lot of excitement here in Allen Park um, it's going to be really fun when, when it gets kicking and, and like I said uh, those are five things that I'll be looking at specifically but there's so much more so obviously stay tuned um, we're going to get into some of you guys' questions on the podcast next week um, I'm going to get some analysts in here we're going to start having players in once camp and the season starts so um, we're going to get you guys kind of really involved in what's going on here early and often with this podcast and with all the articles on DetroitLions.com. So stay tuned. And next week, we'll have a great show. Thank you guys for joining me. And look, it's camps a week away. How fun, right?